Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. Well, welcome back everyone to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast. Nicola and I so appreciate that you have tuned in again today to listen to a new episode. In this episode, I'm delighted to introduce you all to to a very dear friend of mine, Vicky Hobbs. Vicky is just one in a long line of wise, experienced women who bring calm and clarity to the birth space. And I always knew I wanted to invite Vicky on and have her uh, talk about her experience, um, not only as a childbirth educator and hypnobirthing Australia practitioner. This is how I met Vicky, um, as she's one of my colleagues, and we have known each other now for over seven years. Um, Vicky and I have both been awarded in the top three practitioners um, by Hypnobirthing Australia for the last six years in a row. So, she is one of the most experienced hypnobirthing Australia practitioners as well out there. And she um, is from the uh, northern suburbs of Perth. But she also brings such experience because she's a doula. She's a massage therapist. She specializes in pregnancy massage. She's also studied aromatherapy. And she brings all of those modalities in now and has her own doula academy where she trains doulas. So I'm super excited for you to hear this interview and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did chatting to Vicky. Welcome, beautiful Vicky, to the Nurture Hub podcast. Welcome. We're so excited. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love having you on. You are, you're just such a beautiful inspiration to me. And we've been friends for now for quite a few years just through connecting, being Hypnobirthing Australia practitioners. But um, we really wanted to invite you onto the podcast today because you are just such a beautiful wealth of knowledge and how you support women. As it, it's just inspiring. And we'd love to... I'd love to actually chat to you first about how you've come into this line of work and and becoming a, a doula, a hypnobirthing practitioner, and now you train doulas in your own doula academy. Yeah, so it's been a long journey. I um, originally started my business. So I've I've previous to being in this kind of industry, I've always worked in a um, executive assistant kind of role. So um, and also not for profit. So I've come from a real corporate background, um, so have a lot of experience, you know, with um, admin, you know, a, you know, business development, that kind of stuff. And um, and then I really got into uh, natural therapy. So my uh, nana was quite into holistic care. Um, she grew all her own foods and, you know, we if we cut ourselves she was always pulling leaves off you know different plants and you know giving us healing remedies and and that kind of thing so that started me off on this journey of um you know natural therapies complementary therapies so I originally did my um aromatherapy training you know straight from high school and you know back then essential oils were just unheard of nobody heard about you know what what the hell is this you know this hoodoo voodoo stuff kind of thing (laughs) and um yeah and then so that kind of you know went by the wayside and and then I went traveling you know I did quite a lot of traveling around the world and um and then came back and then got into office work you know just and and kind of you know that was my (laughs) that was my life back then was you know high high demanding intensity roles and um and then I got really interested in massage so I was always doing massage for people you know just just generally and and people saying oh my god you've got the most amazing hands and I just um you know I did Reiki as well so I I found that I had a real um 
a, a really special touch like my hands just get really warm and mm-hmm. that warmth goes through to the person and everyone was kind of saying you should get into massage you know go and train and do massage so I actually did massage I I've done my remedial massage training and um and then kind of just fell into setting up my own clinic as a massage therapist so I I went from like a really well-paid office you know job and um to just basically resigning and setting up a clinic having absolutely no clients so I would go down to the shopping center and just hand out vouchers you know come and get a free massage and um and I just built my business from there and and um so that was back in 2004 and then I literally started working with pregnant women uh, from 2006 so I I trained in um, I did a diploma in pregnancy massage had to go over to Melbourne to do that because there was nothing here in Perth um, that offered that kind of higher level training and um, and then just started working mainly with pregnant women so I was doing um, you know pregnancy massage um I then got really interested you know as women were coming in um and having their massages and we'd be chatting and you know I would end up having an extra half an hour to an hour after their massage just chatting to them about you know their fears around birth and I kind of thought wow you know these women just have so much fear and you know how can I change that so um so you know I started looking around and Um, There was a few kind of pregnancy classes here in Perth, you know, mainly run by the hospitals, which, you know, didn't really incorporate that holistic side of things. You know, the um, Shari would know, you know, Kate Levitt and Hannah Darlin Mm. did a really good study on, you know, um, independent childbirth education, which incorporated that complementary therapies. Um, obviously I didn't know Hannah Darlin or Kate back, you know, back in, in the early days, but that was always in my mind is that, you know, we need to incorporate not only the education, but how can we help women with their mindset? How can we help women with their, you know, what their body is experiencing and and helping with that, um, you know, the pain relief and, you know, giving the, uh, the partners a job to do as well. So well before I started doing hypnobirthing Australia, um, I, you know, had already um, set up childbirth classes, which was called essential birthing. Um, And what that, you know, I kind of got that name from using essential oils. So my classes were the education side of things, but also using essential oils and uh, massage and, you know, all those kind of hands-on techniques to help couples, you know, through that, uh, that birthing journey. And then I got really interested in the, you know, the mindset kind of thing and, um, you know, heard about hypnobirthing. Um, I trained in, a, in another hypnobirthing um, organisation and it really didn't, it, it didn't kind of connect with me because it was very much focused on natural birth, you know, at all cost. And if you didn't have a natural birth, then you obviously weren't hypnobirthing. You know, so so there was a lot of comments, you know, in in groups that kind of made me think, no, you know, that's not what it's all about. It's about giving women that confidence and that strength to deal with whatever comes up in birth, because we can't, you know, we we can't guarantee women are going to have a natural birth. So it was it was for me, it was about providing uh, providing the woman with all the tools that she needed to get from this point to this point, you know, and then feel satisfied or, or comfortable with uh, the choices that she made. And, and then I came across uh, Melissa Spilstead, you know, in Hypnobirthing Australia. And, um, you know, that was, that was 2014 and um, decided to, to jump in. And I'd actually been speaking to Melissa for probably 18 months before I joined Hypnobirthing Australia and not once you know did she say to me come and join us 
you know, it was always just, you know, I'd go to her with a question and she would just, you know, send me information and, and provide me with um, provide me with what I felt was lacking, you know. So whenever I was searching for information, it was so hard to try and extract that from anybody else. Um, <clears throat> so at that point, I, I kind of thought, you know, this is this is where I want to be. I want to be with an organisation that's that's kind of trailblazing it, you know, kind of really making an impact, making um, making really positive changes in in the birthing industry, but also ha- be part of a group that collaborate together, you know. So even though we have our own businesses. Um, we all really strive to build each other up. You know, uh, it's it's just such an incredible group that I feel really blessed to be a part of. Um, and it's obviously grown over the years. And, you know, Shari and I, you know, right from the, the very early days, always collaborated and, you know, shared information. So, you know, I feel really blessed, Shari, that, um, you know, we've had that, we've we've got that relationship and, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I'm still waiting for Shari. I've been asking her to, you know, put together this business course for our doula training. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. it's there it's 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 coming I know yeah no no I and that's the thing so for us as hypnobirthing Australia practitioners like Vicky is like the library (laughs) you just have these the library of links and evidence-based information like I just love that every time if we come into the group and and kind of ask questions Vicky's like I've got it I've got a link for you for that and she'll post it and yeah and and that's the thing right where uh you know birth it, it takes a village and yeah that's what I also love you know about having that that community as well because we can't do it all on our own um we're not all you know we don't all have the information but the fact that we can share that information and that and that's Mm -hmm. what communities should do really but um yeah and honestly you've always just been such a, a I look up to you all the time so don't worry I will get you yeah. something but um so then so did you do your doula training or you did did you just end up having people wanting women asking you to support them in birth like how did you move into yeah the so so then I um then you know I kind of felt um I was doing a lot of virtual doulaing but mm. didn't recognize it as doulaing and then um I came across Gabby Target so Gabby Target wrote the book. Um, oh gosh, I'm gone blank now. I can't remember. Um, it'll come. It'll come to me. So Gabby also had done hypnobirthing training. Um, so I really kind of resonated with her, and and she had the same sort of uh, philosophies. So she was running um, doula training here in Perth. So I, you know, went on board with her, uh, did the doula training, um, and then kind of felt this is this is what it's all about. You know, this is this is how I can make a difference with birthing women and um, you know supporting them through that whole process through pregnancy, the education side of things, the mindset, the body work, um, and then actually being with them for their birth. You know, and mm. um, and being that conduit between you know, the mum, the partner, you know, the um, the care providers, um, you know, we're going to talk about scope of practice in, in a little bit, but, you know, really being um, that additional support person that's independent, who, you know, that mother trusts and the, the partner trusts, the dad trusts, and, um, <clears throat> and, you know, giving them that that confidence and that encouragement and you know things like if if the birth plan was starting to deviate you know the mum's kind of losing that focus and you know bringing her back to that and and saying well things like you know um I actually don't do a lot at births 
you know, other than, yeah, I might do the hip squeezes and, and they're killers, you know, doing the rebozo work where, you know, I'm using the rebozo to loosen off any tension in the body. But, you know, for the main part, it's, it's really just giving um, encouragement. You're doing so well. Um, now we're starting to deviate from your wants and needs that you said you wanted in your birth plan. So is that what you want to do? Or do you want to come back to where, you know, where you said your wants and needs were for this birth? Um, I'm not there to make decisions for the client, for the mum, for the partner. Um, and that's where, you know, we come into that scope of practice for doulas, Um we're there to support the couple, but we're not there to make decisions for them, you know. And my big thing is, you know, and I say this in my hypnobirthing classes, my back to basics birthing classes, uh, my doula training is women have to own their births, okay, but they have to have that education. They have to, you know, break down any previous births that they've done, unpack those, look at what are their wants and needs for this birth and write them down, you know, and how are they going to get that? Look at all those little bits that come into play. Um, and this is where the role of the doula is, is to really break down that birth plan as well and and kind of say okay how can we how can I help this couple achieve that you know what do I need to do to help you know make this birth plan a success or if it is starting to deviate how can I make this the best possible experience under the circumstances you know and and I think you know that is what has really driven me all these years is to um, my first birth was was such a traumatic experience for me. Um, I developed um, <clears throat> preeclampsia that went undiagnosed. My obstetrician was away on holidays and I had this other obstetrician who basically just, you know, sent me by ambulance straight off to the hospital and didn't tell me what was going on, um, you know, had had an emergency like a true emergency c-section at 32 weeks um didn't see so that was my my hannah didn't see her for 48 hours because i was in oh. intensive care um and that was just such a you know like i didn't even feel like i'd had a baby you know and um and it was from that experience that i felt you know even if women have to have a cesarean like we know that there are you know medical reasons for having cesareans I want to make that a really good experience for women you know and and that comes down to that education side of things so you know it's mm -hmm. always been about helping that woman to trust her body help that woman to understand and recognize that you know, there, there may be um, a time where she needs to trust in that medical intervention. She needs to trust in her care providers, um, but also having the confidence in asking questions to, you know, determine is this a true emergency where I need a cesarean or is this just care providers trying to speed up the process and, you know, um, get this baby out? faster you know um so that's that's kind of where it's it's all kind of started and I've been doing the hypnobirthing Australia classes uh since like I said 2014 um <clears throat> my essential birthing classes um kind of changed into that back to basics birthing um because that's what I kept saying to women we need to go back to basics birthing. You know, you need to be focusing on what's going on in your head, what's going on in your body, rather than focusing on an app, rather than focusing on asking questions on Facebook, you know, social media. Uh, what are you feeling? You know, when women are having uh, surges, are those surges getting longer, stronger, closer together? Or are you just sitting on an app and pressing a button and relying on, you know, this digital thing telling you when it's time to go to the hospital. Oh gosh, I hate those bloody apps. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, now you should be pack, you know, pack your car, go to the hospital. I know. Just, <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, 
so that's that's you know kind of been the catalyst for you know my business decisions and where I've headed and um, I've always had um, you know with my doula training it was enough to to get me started as a doula but you know I was kind of thrown in the deep end as well um, and but in saying that you know I say that to the doulas that I'm training the best way to learn is actually be at a birth um and then look at the look at the situation look at the environment and then say to yourself where do I need more training what you know what extra things do I need to have what you know what can I come back to Vicky and say you know if if I'd had this you know I might have felt more confident um so the best the best training is is actually being there you know being with the woman being with the partner um you know and just sharing in that whole experience and experience and then kind of dissecting that afterwards so when I'm um so I you know kind of now I've I've got three businesses you know I've got the hypnobirthing I've got the uh, back to basics birthing and I've got the doula training so the doula training academy of Australia um we you know I had this grand plan for so long that you know I wanted uh doulas to have a really good education and you know what I felt I missed out on you know in in my own training because I didn't get any business training uh, we do a little bit and as I mentioned you know I've approached Shari to to do um a module you know part of our our business module as well um because shari is just incredible when it comes to marketing and you know um you know attracting clients and you know uh social media you know she's like the queen totally. of social media mm. um but it's you know i i didn't want it the the doula training is not just all from my perspective so, you know, we have a number of different modules. So there's 17 modules. Um, and in those modules, there's there's a bit of me, there's a bit of, you know, other midwives, um, you know, birth workers. So, so there's a whole facet of wisdom coming through from different people. And um, and that was my my dream was to you know, somehow be able to provide this education, this training and help um, other women who want to support other women feel confident in doing that. And, you know, let's face it, we can all be doulas. You don't have to have a qualification. It's an unregulated industry. So um, anyone can call themselves a doula. But it's about having that confidence and, and um, you know, wisdom behind you to feel like you can go into that birth space and either sit on your hands and do nothing or know what the woman needs at different, you know, different times. So um, I'd been seeing on this idea for so long and um, my other friend and, and Shari's friend as well, Pip Win owen from uh, Birth Savvy, she just kept saying, Vicky, you've just got to do this, you know, just get it out there. Like I'd, I'd just spent, you know, like a whole year putting together this program, um, doing the market research, you know, asking in pregnancy groups, which I still do today. Yesterday I did a, a bit of a poll on, um, you know, why women would hire doulas and, you know, a few other different questions. Um, so gathering, gathering that information, not just from my perspective, you know, it's about what are, what are the, all the, um, the perceptions of, say, having a doula or birthing at hospital, birthing at home, those sorts of things, which I think is really important. It can't just be one, one person, you know, and this is how it is. So, um, yeah, so I, I, um, I think it was November 2018, you know, Pip really pushed me. And, and so I thought, right, I'm just going to get it out there. It was only half finished and, you know, it was kind of all over the place. But, you know, I, I gathered a, a group of women, you know, and, and offered the, um, the online training to them um, at a, a heavily discounted price. 
So they were kind of like the founding um, doulas, you know, of, of the training. And those doulas are out there just kicking ass, you know, <laughs> um, doing really, really well, you know, and just, um, you know, it makes me proud to see them. A couple of them are, um, are mentors in our, in our doula group, you know, the doula training group, um, you know, and, and sharing a lot of their experiences. And again, you know, the, the key point is recognising when you're there to hold space and when you're there to, to actually be doing a lot of physical stuff. So, mm. um, so yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of all culminated from a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, um, I don't know if I can swear, Shari, but I normally say oh, a lot of fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, the doulas in the, in the group, they, they hear me say, there's a lot of fuckery going on. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and again, this is, comes back to what you're doing is you're not just keeping this information to yourself. It needs to be shared. And, and that's where that, you know, Melissa Spilsid talks about that ripple effect, you know, mm, that, yeah. that from there it ripples out. And this is what we all are here to do at this time on this earth is to wake, you know, some women up and go, you you can do this. This mm. is, and here is the information to prepare you and um, help you understand your options and your rights and and how your body's designed to work. And so I think it's just so beautiful that you know you have created the Doula Academy to continue this ripple effect within the communities from you know around Australia. You know, I know that I there are I've. I've had people refer to you to do to do the training from all over Australia and your your training is just honestly from and it comes from experience right mm. it, and that's what's what's so what's so beautiful but I think coming into also understanding what a doula is like a doula mm. doesn't just turn up and is there for you at the birth by the sounds of it Vicky there is a relationship that forms during the pregnancy and that's what builds that trust and and that's where too having a doula is a really great option if you are unable to have a continuity of care model because not all hospitals offer you know, midwifery group practices or birth centres or, you know, not all women can afford an obstetrician and things like that. So what have you found is the the, the biggest misconception of, is that the right word, of what yeah. a doula is? Yeah. What, a, what a doula is because you said that you asked some questions and what were some red flags that you came up that you'd really like to kind of squash mm. of what a doula is and what a doula isn't? Yeah, so so basically, you know, a, a doula is, is a support person. Um, and we're, we're working with the couple from, you know, at any stage of, of pregnancy. So um, I've actually just had two inquiries in the last week. One mum was 38 weeks, one mum 39 weeks looking for a doula last minute, you know, and, um, and these are women that have done my hypnobirthing classes so we, we cover, you know, the different care options in the hypnobirthing classes and, you know, we talk about obstetricians and midwives and private midwives and obviously doulas come into that as well. Um, so the doula is there to support the couple on all levels other than medical. Okay, so we're not clinically trained, although we do have, um, you know, in the Doula Training Academy, we've, we've seen a huge increase in nurses coming through wanting to be a doula, midwives coming through not so much to be a doula, but to actually get that doula training because they're missing out on that holistic, you know, obviously depending on where they are training, but they're missing out on that holistic training you know that that the massage stuff that acupressure using essential oils reiki um you know a lot of the complementary therapies um here in perth we we do have a couple of midwives who are um lecturers at the universities so those students are really lucky to to have those midwives actually incorporating that but for the the main part they're not getting that training across Australia no. so doulas will um will you know um connect and and that's a big word connection um the the couple particularly the mum 
and the doula need to connect energetically like you know it's it's I will send a mum say five or six um doulas who have said they're available um and that mum might only connect with one or two you know and um so it's really important that women are not just focusing on speaking with one doula you know talk to a few because it that connection is really important because let's face it this person is going to travel with you all through your pregnancy um labor the birth postpartum period you want to make sure that you have that real that you resonate with that person you have that connection with that person um one of the things so yesterday like i said i I quite often do um a bit of market research and i'm in quite a few of the pregnancy groups and uh the vbac groups um and postpartum groups so if i'm looking at incorporating something into the training you know, I'm putting it out there. Again, it's not just from my perspective. So I want to ask the consumer, what are they looking for? You know, what what is their perception of having a doula? And uh, so I asked that yesterday and it was really interesting. There was a really high number of women that said, um, so the doula can make decisions for me. The doula Mm -hmm. can speak for me. Um, The doula can advocate for me. No, and I think that this is probably a, a, one of the biggest misconceptions is that uh, doulas make those decisions for the couple. Um, doulas are not there to make decisions. Doulas are there to support the decisions made by that couple based on, you know, their the information that they've got, um, which correlates to their their set of circumstances. You know, and and again, the important thing is um, doulas come with their own baggage as well, you know, and sometimes you can have a doula that becomes a doula because she has had such a traumatic experience, birth experience herself, and wants to make a big change, okay? But also being a doula means that you have to be non-judgmental you may be working with a woman who goes against absolutely everything that you've just educated her on, you know, and at the end of the day, again, it's, it's their decision to make, it's not your birth. So this is a a very big thing that we focus on in, in the doula training, but also in the education of, of the couple, um, making sure that the couple are aware that the doula is there to sup- support them emotionally, physically, energetically, holistically, but not medically, you know. Mm-hmm. And and um, <clears throat> you'll hear me say, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, that woman has to own her birth. She has to, you know, give informed consent. She can't give informed consent if she doesn't have all the information. So, you know, Shari would know in our hypnobirthing classes and and probably most um, birthing classes, we we talk about the brain technique, you know, asking all the right questions so you get all the information you need to make an informed choice. Um, However, when, you know, when we're talking about that, one of the... um, the things doulas can do is let's say the woman so she's written her birth plan and you know she's she said I want to do xyz or I don't want to do xyz and then those things start popping up during that labor so when I'm at a birth I will say to the woman well you know okay so you've just been talking about doing this but in your birth plan this is what you said you wanted or you didn't want, is that now still the case? Okay, because now we need to change that birth plan or those options, you know, and now we need to start looking at, okay, if you're choosing this pathway, like from, and I think Shari, you might've done the birth map uh, mm, workshop yes. with Catherine mm, Bell. Yeah. So, so now we're going off on all these different pathways. Okay, so um, as doulas, we're already thinking about those different pathways, you know, and we, we would have already discussed different pathways with, um, with the mother, with the partner, um, and, you know, making them aware of, okay, if you're now choosing this pathway, what are we going to do? 
how does that look? You know, what, what is my role in that? Okay. And then obviously a really important part of that for the doula is, is accepting that change of mind. You know, uh, Shari and I, in our birthing classes, we would say to women, you always have a choice. You know, you always have the right to consent, not consent or withdraw consent at any time. Um, but you have to own that, you know, and, and with choice comes responsibility and consequences. So, you know, you by you making these different choices, um, and that's not to say, you know, the first choice was the right one. You know, they can change their mind and then move on to that, that next choice. Um, but if that goes to shit, okay, you have to own that. You have to say, okay, well, I made that choice. It probably wasn't the right one, but that's how I felt at the time, you know, was the best choice for me. The role of the doula is to then support that choice, you know, and to, to help the outcome be as best it can, uh, the, the best it can be under those circumstances. Um, the role of the doula is not to provide medical information. You know, however, you know, there's always these howevers, you know, however, if our client is asking us for information on uh, group B strep or, um, you know, advanced maternal age or antibiotics, you know, um, premature rupture of membranes, okay, we're going to provide evidence-based information to that client so that they can do their research, they can, you know, have information to hand to help them make those informed decision decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we find is, you know, sometimes women are told at uh, antenatal appointments, well, you know, you've got gestational diabetes. You know, here's a pamphlet. Go and do your research. And women don't know where to start. So by having that doula, the, du- the doula is there to provide that evidence-based information. Um, and I think, you know, a, a, a very... Uh, a reputable doula will also provide information that may not be evidence-based, but also say to the client, look, you know, here are the evidence-based links that you can go to, but here's some other things that I've, you know, I've come across which you might find interesting. Um, Or here's some birth stories of women who have been in the same situation as you so that you can get an understanding of what, you know, um, what to expect or, you know, what other women's choices um, have led to, you know, Mm -hmm. because, again, two women can look at the same set of circumstances and make different choices. It doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. So, um, So I think, you know, providing that kind of generalised information is is also good for a doula to provide. But but as long as they're actually saying, you know, this is not evidence-based information, this is all anecdotal anecdotal stuff. So, you know, kind of pick out the bits that are important to you and, and put aside the things that are not. Um, yes, it helps stimulate questions. And that that's really what I feel. And I'm more coming into that as, as a practitioner in saying like, within our courses, within how I, you know, we support women in birth, it's not to tell you that one way of birthing is right or wrong. It's to give you information, to stimulate questions within yourself because that, you know, I just keep coming back. I love what, you know, we interviewed an amazing woman, Binny Dansby, um, a couple of episodes ago and I just love and I've taken it and, I'm, and I do like a <laughs> quote from her now because she says that the quality of the questions you ask determine the quality of the answers you will get Mm. so it's not that none of us are here to give medical advice that is not our role Mm -hmm. but to give information to get them to start asking themselves quality questions to then take to their medical caregivers to have a good quality conversation so that that's where they get their medical advice from but then also empowering them to go okay so you've got all the information now this is the journey that we want to take, whether it is that you are taking the advice of the medical caregiver or you decide to try an alternative and that's okay because they are stepping into that power of taking back that responsibility of making the decision that's right for them in that moment with the circumstances they have or with their beliefs, you know, because we're all different. So, yeah. Mm, Absolutely. 
I asked you a question before we got on today, um, because it's always something that's really interesting to me when I'm obviously I'm also in the birth space, but in a different different way. Um, what really lights you up about the work that you're doing at the moment? What really creates that passion and drive for you to keep doing the work that you're doing, Vicky? Yeah, so I've kind of really resonated towards the the VBAC um, part of birthing. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the women that I'm working with are uh, VBAC, so vaginal birth after cesarean. And, um, you know, the thing that lights me up is, you know, just when they come to me, they've had a, you know, most times it's their first birth ended up in a cesarean um, and they're coming to me for their next birth. And, you know, a lot of them are unsure whether or not to have a cesarean section for their next one or whether or not to have, you know, their try, you know, we, we have this language thing as well. I don't know whether I should try for a VBAC, you know, so I, I get them thinking about, first of all, I'm having a VBAC, you know, mm-hmm. rather than I'm going to try for a VBAC. Um, but just uh, just to see them come in, they do my classes. Uh, one of the things for me when as a, as a doula is um, the clients that I take on have to do either my hypnobirthing classes or my back to basics birthing classes. Um, most times the women who are having VBAC, they will come and do my specific uh, back to basics birthing VBAC workshop. Um, you know, and in that we unpack the previous birth and, you know, we look at coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, those sorts of things. Mm. And, you know, even just at the end of the day of doing that workshop and just seeing how excited they are about making that choice, you know, and um, and the, the preparation, which most times they haven't done for the first birth you know they they've just gone with the flow they've or they've booked a private ob who has a really high cesarean rate they haven't even thought about you know um interviewing obstetricians asking obstetricians all those really hard questions that kind of make them squirm a little bit um but that's so important because if you're not asking the questions, you're not getting the information you need to make those informed choices. And, you know, uh, VBAC for me, really interesting, you know, we, we have this huge fear around vaginal birth after cesarean. Um, mainly the, the highest um, fear, fear-based thinking is uterine rupture, you know, and, and when we get down to that nitty-gritty thing, um, when we're looking at all births, so this is all women birthing, so not VBAC. We look at um, the rate of cord prolapse, shoulder dystocia, and uh, placenta abruption. The risk for those three things is higher in all women birthing than the uterine rupture in VBAC. But suddenly we've, we've put these VBAC women in, into this basket that says they're high risk. We have to extensively test and monitor and create this fear around them having their next birth as a vaginal birth. We don't put all those other women, those hundreds of thousands of women that are birthing um, across Australia, across the world, and say, well, you have a higher risk of cord prolapse, shoulder dystocia and placenta abruption. So now we have to put you all in a higher risk category. Um, So when we look at, you know, the the statistics and, you know, um, the, the relative versus absolute risks, women have no idea when it comes to those things. And then when they, you know, they get that information, they kind of go, what the fuck is all the fuss about? <laughs> that's exactly you know. that's exactly what happened to me. First time I did all the work, did all the prep, was in a really <clears> good <throat> hospital, great midwives. I was 42 weeks and five days and they were freaking out because I was older. And then second time round, my husband was like, there is no way we're doing that again. I'm just going to go for a C-section because I just can't watch that again. It's just too stressful for me. 
And everybody, by that time I was 40 and yeah, the pressure was on the whole way through the pregnancy. It never stopped. And I kept asking that question, did the statistics myself, was was almost the woman that they go, oh, here she comes. Because <laughs> I was so annoying for them. <laughs> but I think more of anything, I wanted the feedback for my husband, not even for myself, because he had this thing that women birthing is really scary. Mm. And it was like watching a horror film. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Mm. And if you if you think back to um well, I don't know if you've seen Birth Time. Yes. But do. you know, one of one of the um the women talking about her cesarean, um, Belinda Costello, um, talks about she had that cesarean for her husband because there was he, there was so much fear. And then for her next birth, she had that, you know, a, a VBAC home birth. And that was for her because she wasn't going to allow the fear of of anybody else, including her husband, dictate what kind of birth she should have, you know, and she placed all the trust back on herself, you know, um, rather than all the fear that was out there, you know, and there is a lot of fear around VBAC you just have to go into the the VBAC support groups and and you see the questions being asked and you know it's the same questions over and over you know what is the better choice cesarean or VBAC we can't answer that for you you know only you know what you're prepared to do Um, and at the end of the day you're the one that has to make the decision you know because you have to live with that Um, It's not up to the doula to make the decision. It's not even up to the partners to make those decisions. Because let's face it, if we're making a decision based on somebody else's fear, how much regret, you know, is there after that? You know, and the what ifs. What if I'd just gone with my gut? What if I'd just, you know, taken it the next step? What if I'd just waited another day before being induced? you know, the what ifs, you're always going to be thinking of those what ifs, Um, you know, and even though I I hate the word try, you know, if you don't try, you don't get anywhere. You've just got to, you've you've got to take back the power. You know, Shari knows my my thing about, you know, this this whole ownership of birth. Um, Women birth their babies, you know, babies aren't delivered. The dad doesn't deliver the baby, the midwife, the obstetrician. They don't deliver the baby. That mom births her baby. We have to keep bringing that power back to that woman. We have to keep bringing ownership back to that woman and saying, you birthed your baby. You did that. Um, you know, and that is how we're going to restore balance and power to the birthing space is by, you know, really encouraging women to, to take ownership of that. You know, really fight for what they want. Really ask those hard questions that, you know, make their care providers squirm in their chairs. But, mm. you know, they, sh- they should be willing to give that information so mm. that women can make those informed choices. Um, yeah, so, you know, women have to trust and believe in their body, in their baby. You know, we're, women are designed to do this. And, yes, you know, we said at the beginning um, where we're so lucky to have all this medical equipment and knowledge and hospitals where those women who are high risk and, you know, um, the birth does deviate, you know, they, they have that right at their, at their fingertips. Um, <clears throat> but for the majority of women, um, they won't need that. And they don't need that. And so they have to do the work. You know, they have to labor. They have to give birth. And then they have to, you know, own that and celebrate that. And, um, you know, that's how we're going to restore birth back to basics. So for a woman who may be listening, maybe she had a cesarean for her first birth and is, is, contemplating as to for her next pregnancy or if she's pregnant now if she's to go for a VBAC what would be your top tips Mm. to give a woman who wants to prepare for a a, a VBAC yeah so the first thing top of the rank positive mind 
Mm. You know, if that woman's, and it comes back to language again, and, you know, uh, as Shari knows, in our hypnobirthing classes, we really focus on those positive affirmations, that positive mindset. If you're sitting there thinking, you know, my body failed me the first time and, you know, my body's broken, I can't do this, you won't do that. You're already telling your body, nah, I'm not going there. You know, don't even get started. One okay, thing so I that- actually, sorry to cut you off. One thing That's I actually right. say to my women when we talk right at the start of in unit one about mindset, I, I kind of say to them, if you don't believe in your own body's ability to birth, no one else will. Mm-hmm. It starts with you because it seems like everyone else doesn't believe in, mm-hmm. in women's bodies and how we're designed to birth. So it needs to start at, with you and for you to project that confidence to then, I guess, which you don't have to convince anyone else, like fuck everyone else, but it's about you and coming in inward and going like, okay, like why? One uh, one question I also get women to ask is like, why are you having these thoughts? Mm. You know, what is, who has put that thought into you or from that experience, why are you thinking this and then shift it and go okay well because we as humans we tend to focus on everything that could go wrong rather Mm. than on everything that could go right imagine if we just shift that focus this is for everything in life it's not just for birth um but again i think too with processing um experiences and 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 trauma and things like that is we always then if you did go through a traumatic experience that ended up in a cesarean, you tend to only focus on everything you didn't do or that you didn't get. And it's like, well, let's bring it back into what you did do. Mm. You know? Well, it's very easy to sit in the in the fear mindset <laughs> because fear is around us all the time. And unfortunately, as we all know, the birthing industry is filled with the fears. So it's very hard. But your body and your baby, as we all say, knows exactly what to do. So, yeah. Mm. what's what's your second one on the list (laughs) um the body you know strong Mm. relaxed body so doing that body work doing stretching you know going to yoga classes doing swimming um big thing for me is uh omp so optimal maternal positioning so doing all those really effective um stretches and body work all through pregnancy to actually prepare create space for the baby to get into a good position but also if the baby doesn't get into a good position then you've already done that body work and you you know that you know the the pelvis is going to be working with you and your movements and the baby's movements as well to actually get you know to to birth in a in a better more positive way um, as opposed to you you know and and I'm going to say it I'm not suggesting women are lazy but you know if you're a couch potato you're doing the the mermaid position on the couch you know you've got your your legs up on the chair to the side what do you think's happening to the pelvis it's being tilted it's going out of alignment and that's not conducive to your baby getting to a really good position for labor and birth so the body so we, we've got the mind the body is just so important so that strong relaxed body and even the body work through labor you know women not just being stagnant um we we've all you know most women would um would have heard of the dancing obstetrician if you haven't google it dancing obstetrician so that's the brazilian obstetrician that actually gets women up dancing you know, mm-hmm. but they're they're lunging, they're squatting, they're moving their hips from side to side. He's he's getting the legs move, you know, um, rotating one way and then rotating the other way, creating space in the pelvis. We should have all obstetricians doing this, or you know, midwives saying, "Hey, let's get up and do a bit of a dance." You know, um, I was actually at one of one of the births I attended. Um, I was the primary support person, and it was my friend Deb. And um, we seriously had dance music in this room, <laughs> full blare, and we were dancing and rocking around. The midwives are coming in going, what is going on in this room? We're having way too much fun, you know, but that's how it should be. And, and, and I actually say this is another part of, you know, VBAC, you know, preparing for VBAC is have fun, enjoy the process, don't see it as a fearful thing you know look you know 
laugh. We know that laughter creates endorphins and oxytocin. So, you know, the more you're laughing and having fun and enjoying your labor, the better it is. Um, <clears throat> one of the other things is, is uh, independent childbirth education. You know, so obviously I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, advocate for hypnobirthing Australia classes, or if you're in Perth, you know, my back to basics birthing classes, particularly around VBAC. So I've got a specific class for uh, VBAC, but you can only do what you're prepared to do. You know, if, if you don't want to do the research, you don't want to do the body work, you don't want to do the, the mindset work, then it is what it is you know, nobody else can change that. It's, it's only you can make that change. Um, and I've, I said before, asking questions, you know, so for, for VBAC women, well, all my clients, you know, I've got a list of questions, but specifically for VBAC, you want to know specific VBAC questions from your obstetrician or care provider. So, you know, having, having that list. And also, do you know one of the things that really interests me um, about recommendations of obstetricians? When women put on, on social media asking, who is the best OB? You know, um, where, where can I go to have a success, successful VBAC? This starts with the woman, you know, and and one person's perception, it's really interesting because as doulas, we, we look at these answers and we go, holy shit, you know, <laughs> don't suggest that one, you know. Um, we don't say that, but in our heads, you know, we're, we're kind of going. Um, because what one woman considers a beautiful, um, successful birth, the next woman could see that as the most traumatic experience that could have happened. Um, so again, it, it comes down to the questions that you're asking your OB to find mm. out, are they on the same page as you? Mm. You know, are they, are they high intervention care providers? Um, and if you're going, if you're hoping to have a spontaneous, you know, no or an undisturbed birth, is that going to be the right care provider for you? Can you have a water birth? at the hospital you're going to, you know. Um, there's so many questions that need to be answered before you choose who your care provider is. And then that leads into your good support team. So your partner, they have to be educated as well because if they're carrying a lot of fear from previous trauma, that's going to carry through into that next birth, as you were saying, Nicola. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm seeing that with a client right now. She's due any day and her husband looked at me the other day when I went into the house and he went, oh, yeah. <laughs> you could see he was totally checked out and um, he just he, he's totally against anything other than just going straight down for the C-section. And I feel it's so hard because his fear is altering the outcome, to be fair. Yeah. Or is she allowing yeah. him to alter the yeah, outcome? Well, absolutely. That could be another thing as well of taking back that ownership. But it's hard. I, yeah. I, I can understand when you're in a partnership that, mm. you know, and then that's heartbreaking if you're not feeling supported by the one person that you. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at, you know, some women want to have their mothers there or their sister or, you know, a friend. So we have to look at that mother or, or that extra support person. What was their experience with birth? You know, are they going to be bringing in fears um, to that birthing space? Is that going to be conducive to that woman having an undisturbed birth or, you know, a calm, relaxed birth Birth if, if the mother's kind of like, is it time to go to the hospital now? You know, do you think you want an epidural? You look like you're in pain. Mm. So those sorts of things have to come into consideration. And then um, big one for me, I always talk to the women about uh, eating and drinking during labour. Um, so this is a big one, uh, outdated policies where women are told, you know, you're a VBAC, you might need to have a cesarean so you can't eat or drink anything. Well, how is that woman going to sustain her energy, her blood sugar levels? How is that baby not going to go into distress? if that mother is not eating and staying hydrated. So, um, you know, in 2019, the American College of um, Anesthesiologists came out and said 
No, that is outdated information. And women should be eating and drinking small amounts. So not suggesting going out and getting a pizza and devouring a pizza during active labor. I don't know too many women that want to do that anyway. But, you know, having those snacks, those crackers or bananas or, you know, dates or whatever, just to, you know, sustain that energy. Um, when I go to births, I make up um, a, a thermos of bone broth. So my clients will get, you know, every hour or so, I give them a cup of hot bone broth. Um, I haven't had any vegetarians so far that, you know, where I've had to do something different. But, um, you know, and, and that is enough for them. You know, they're getting that sustenance and that nutrients to maintain the time that they're in labour because a lot of women in, in active labour don't want to eat anything. You know, but they have to sustain that energy. So, um, uh, yeah, have, making sure that they're eating and drinking, and then um, the other thing. So, I've got a um, I've got a blog on my website. Uh, Ten tips for a healing VBAC, um, and the last one was as your pregnancy draws as your pregnancy draws closer to the end, be patient. <laughs> you know, we see so many VBAC women who were induced, you know, yes. they didn't wait the time, they were induced around that 38, 39 week mark, their body wasn't ready, their baby wasn't ready, ends in cesarean section. Um, this time around, let's just wait it out. Let's just be patient. Mm. You know, let's just, you've just gone all these months. What's another couple of weeks? or another couple of days or, um, you know, so I know by then women are they're tired, they're feeling heavy, uh, they just want to get this baby out. But hang on, we're going to think about the baby here. Is this baby ready to come out? You know, we all know that the mum can be ready, she, her hormones are ready, she, you know, she's, she's noticing signs in her body that, you know, She's ready. She's losing her mucus plug. She's getting that cramping. Where is baby? Okay, we have to keep coming back to this baby might not be ready. We know that when the lungs of the baby are mature enough to breathe on their own after birth, they release those hormones from the lungs that go to the placenta, which triggers, you know, the, those signals to the pituitary gland to start labour. So that mum, yes, she might be tired and she might be experiencing all those labour symptoms, but her body is waiting for that knock on the door from that mm -hmm. little bub, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's going to trigger everything and that's going to just have that flow-on effect. So be patient. Go out and have lunch with your friends. You know, go go for walks in the, in, in the bush. Um, you know, Booker, I actually said to one of my clients who was, you know, almost 42 weeks, actually, I think she'd gone past 42 weeks, might have been 42 weeks in three days. And um, she was just like, when's this baby coming? And I said to her, you know what, why don't you just book a night at Crown? You know, just go and have your last baby moon, uh, buy some beautiful frilly underwear, you know, and, and just go out overnight with your hubby. So she did. She booked it. She bought the frilly knickers. And um, I think I'd seen her the Monday. Um, so she booked it for the Friday, Friday night, Friday morning. Boom. She was in labor. <laughs> Had to cancel the, the hotel booking. So, you know, um, there you go. So, yeah, just be patient. Just let this little bug come on their own. Yeah, they're great tips for all women, not just be back. But yeah, 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 great, great tips. But um, well, thank you, beautiful, mm, thank you. for coming on today. So, how can like if if there are women who are being drawn to working with women in birth and want to maybe become a doula, how can they learn from you through your doula academy? So just go to the website doulatrainingacademy.com.au and all the information's there there's a the form they can fill in that'll get emailed through to me and then I can send them the prospectus and and everything they they need to know mm -hmm. and for women in around Perth um or do you do online as well 
Yep. So we've got, yeah. I've got online and um, I've got classes, the hypnobirthing and back to basics birthing and the VBAC classes. So if they just go to uh, vickihobbs.com, really easy, um, or back to basicsbirthing.com.au and that'll just take them through to my website. And that and has Vicky is the queen of blogs. Like <laughs> I honestly, like I send so many of your blog articles and, and your writings to my clients as well. And I share a lot of it in my private Facebook group. Um, oh, thank you. So, you know, some great, like I, I was going through your blog the other day and I'm just like, Oh, I love this so one about good. the clitoris. And oh yeah. <laughs> I love the clitoris. Love the clitoris. And that's the I, thing. I, I think we need to get you back on in a future <laughs> future episode to talk about the clitoris. The clitoris. Yes. Yeah. Important it's part. funny in, in my hypnobirthing classes, I actually have a model of the vulva with the clitoris. And I say to the group, okay, let me just grab my clitoris. And they just burst into laughter. So yeah, love it. Beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. It's been just thank so you. beautiful to talk to you today. Thank you so much. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please see our show notes for the links to our programs.